Welcome to Atheist Reading. I'm Sean. Today we're going to break down Genesis chapters 3 and 4. It does start to get a little bit crazier here, believe it or not. So brace yourselves, and here we go. Okay, so now we're moving on to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Ye hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Uh, I'm assuming this is obvious, but snakes actually can't talk. So there's a small problem right off the bat. Uh, right off the bat again here. Uh, 3 verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. This sounds like a poisonous tree, which is fair. There are plenty of poisonous plants. But as we're about to find out here, no, God didn't decide to make a poisonous plant that, uh, that Adam and Eve wouldn't want to eat. He decides to make it a very appealing, delicious plant that holds the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, 3, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. You know, if God didn't want them to know of good and evil, why did he put a tree there in the first place that would give them knowledge of good and evil if they ate it? And why make it appealing? Uh, if he really didn't want them to eat it, but he was determined to have that tree there for one of whatever reason, at least make it smell like sewage and have giant thorns or something. But the real issue I have here is that God is supposed to be all-knowing. If he actually intended for Adam and Eve to not know good from evil, he would have never done anything so silly as to put a delicious tree right smack dab in the middle of the garden. You'll hear apologists say, Oh, but we have free will, and God was testing them. In the universe set forth in the Bible, we most certainly would not have free will. Indeed, God would have known when he created Adam and Eve that they were going to eat from the tree. If he really did want us to have free will, it would be mandatory that he surrender his omniscience. God cannot both know the actions you are going to take and claim to give you free will. You may have the illusion of free will, which from your perspective seems like free will. Okay, verse 7 here. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Really wise and omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent God asking such a question is what I want to know. Uh, and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee thou thou'st was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree, whereof I commanded thee, thou shouldn't eat? And then the man said, The woman who thou gavest to me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast, how hast, done, that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. How are they supposed to know that eating from the tree really was bad from you if they didn't know good from evil? unless they ate from the tree. More nonsense here. 
Okay, verse 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Not really much of a punishment for the snake, is it? I bet the snake just couldn't believe his luck. I have to call my belly now. Oh, darn. Shoot, that's that's really going to suck now. Whew. Ricky Gervais actually has a really good bit about this. Um, he, you, should, you should really watch it if you haven't seen it. Okay, verse 15. And I will put en enmity between thee and thy woman, between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception, and in sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Seriously, how, how are any women Christian? You're, you're in every aspect subservient and second to the man. It's, it's really quite disgusting. Uh, 17. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt, shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall bring it forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for, it, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Dang, Adam has to bake his own bread now, I guess, before God must have been raining loaves of bread down on him. It must have been nice. Okay, 3.20, And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand, and take also of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which they which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Well, why didn't he just do that in the first place, if he knew it was going to happen anyway? This god is either very petty and likes to play with his creations, or incredibly stupid and very poor planning skills. Either way, nobody in their right mind reading this story would think that this is an omniscient, omnipotent god. And we're going to cruise right into Genesis 4 here. Uh, 3 was pretty short, so uh, here we go. Genesis 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. I find this really disturbing. This God, it appears, desires a blood sacrifice. Why was he happy with Abel, but not with Cain? If you don't want plants, don't make him the tiller of the ground. It's easy to me uh, easy for me to forget that people literally think this happened. I have to stop and think, what are the logistics of this event if it actually happened? They're bringing an offering to the Lord. 
okay, where where exactly do they bring this to? They walk up a mountain, they yell at the sky, light it on fire. What made him think God would want an offering? Was he calling for it? Was he demanding it? Why sheep, not plants? There's simply nothing that adds up here. I, I just, I can't fathom how this is supposed to be the word of God. It's, it's even more nonsense uh, than I expected when I started this. Um, and, and how are they communicating with this God? By speaking or perhaps by thinking really hard? I'm sorry, I mean, I guess, praying. It's... Okay, verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? Well, I know why, because, God, you're just being a prick, that's why. Uh, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. Jeez, that, ex that escalated quickly. Man, whoo, I did not. If I didn't know the whole Cain and Abel thing beforehand, I really wouldn't have seen that one coming. Not gonna lie. Okay, 4-9. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. Yeah, this God, this guy is really a drama queen. He likes to, he likes to embellish. Uh, okay, verse 12. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that every one findeth that findeth me shall slay me. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone that findeth you. There are two other people in existence. The writer of this passage can't even believe this nonsense. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore, whoever so, whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Again, we're talking about two other human beings that exist right now. His parents, nonetheless. So Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived, and bare Enoch. And he builded a city, and called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. Uh, whoa. Oh, hold on there, where where did this wife come from? They just introduce her like it's nothing, but offer no explanation. And also, this is a much smaller point in light of the mysterious wife appearing, but why did he build a whole city for himself and his wife and his kids? How long would it take to build a city? Plus, there's going to be upkeep of a city, which is no minor task. Uh, bizarre. I, obviously, when this whoever was writing this, did not think that there were only these four or five people in existence. It's clear. It's obvious. Uh, verse 18 now. And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehajuel, and Mehajuel begat Methusel, and Methusel begat Lamech. Also, just in case you hadn't figured this out, I'm not looking up how to pronounce these names. I'm just kind of weighing it as I go with the names uh, because I don't really care that much about getting the names right. And also, we're wasting no time here, but where exactly are all these women coming from? We're just blasting through all these men, of course. Um, yeah, and nothing else is going on, just these women are 
appearing out of nowhere, I suppose. Uh, and then the next one's good. And Lemek took onto him two wives. The name of one was Ada, and the name of the other Zilla. And Ada bare Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Uh, I don't really know what that means. The father of all such as handle the harp and organ. Yeah, nah, still, still no idea what that really means. Maybe his kids are good musicians? Hard to say. Uh, 22. And Zilla, she also bear Tubalcane, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubalcane was Nama. And Lamech said unto his wives, Adah and Zilla, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech. Hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. Uh, so, so if I'm reading this right, and I'm not really sure that I am because a crazy person wrote this, if you kill someone, you're protected from being killed yourself because God puts a mark on you and will avenge you seven or a multiple of seven if somebody kills you. Okay. I think I'm following. Um, and Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God, said she, hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. Wow, that is impressive. Adam and Eve, or, well, it really only says Adam and his wife in there directly, because she's basically his property, of course, are still having kids. And this is convenient, because it was right after their great-great-great-great-great-grandson, and had a um, and great 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 granddaughter just had a child so it's great they can raise them together I guess and to Seth to him also there was born a son and he called his name Enos then began men to call upon the name of the Lord so in these last two chapters we are really seeing how petty this God character is he's already punished all of mankind for the sins of two um, he protects murderers, requires offerings, but only blood offerings, and he toys with his creations. He really is a vile, despicable character. And that's the end of Genesis chapter 4. We covered uh, 3 and 4 today because 3 was pretty short, um, and that's going to wrap up our podcast today. If you like the show, please consider leaving a good review on iTunes, Stitcher, and or your podcast platform of choice. If you have any feedback, please feel free to email me at atheistreading at gmail.com, tweet to at atheist underscore reading on Twitter, or find me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash atheist reading. Thanks for joining in today, and we'll see you next time. Bye.